Welcome to the Nunia Business Podcast, episode 19, Boys Over Flowers, part two, with your hosts, Becca and Megan. Well, we've called him a lot of things so far, a dum-dum, a dodo bird, a psychopath, a nut bowl, and a sweet little puppy. And believe it or not, we still have more things to say about Lehman Ho and Boys Over Flowers. Have you ever received a necklace that doubled as a threat? Gotten amnesia and forgotten the love of your life? Almost drowned in a kiddie pool? Well, if so, this drama is still for you because all of these things happen in the second half of Boys Over Flowers and we dig it. So grab your fancy shoes, your suitcase, and a bento box because we are going for one heck of a ride. That's what you're in for today on Nunea Business. Guys, I'm so sorry. We just started this podcast and talked for like a good five minutes getting into some pretty deep stuff and I realized that Becca is a dum-dum and I had my microphone on mute, so... I am very sorry. It's okay. We're gonna we're gonna cover it again. I Megan, love a fresh ask start. Ask me your question. So my question for Becca, <laughs> which she's gonna be really surprised to hear, is how she felt about seeing so many bare knees on the BBMA stage yesterday. Because if you've listened to previous podcasts, specifically about BTS, Becca does not appreciate the ripped jeans look. Here's the thing: they pulled out their religious pants. <laughs> they were holy. <laughs> I just. <laughs> Thank goodness it's a second time screen. around. Is better. It's even better. Yeah. I have a little more yeah, time to you. think about my answer. Yeah. Uh, it was fine. It was fine. I feel like Korean culture in general, and it might even be the culture, it might just be, again, it's so crazy between boys and girls. Boys are never, like, it's like, oh my gosh, they showed me their abs. Girls, I yeah, see seriously. your entire leg your up to your like all the time, you know, like up to your hip bone, and it's like no big deal. You're just everybody knows what your legs look like. Yeah, boys are shocking when that happens. Yeah, it's like you've hidden your stomach from me for so long, <laughs> and then I feel like okay, we got it. Can we talk about the abs thing? Yes. So we were just saying before we started recording, we we're gonna do a whole wrap up of BTS with next the comeback week. and the BBMAs because they're going to be on Ellen next week tons the of appearances week. still this week and we, we wanna, don't we don't want to jump into it no, before we finish seeing the press we tour. want a full review right. so we've been working on it believe us which I hope you guys appreciate because so many people are jumping on the bandwagon now because they're hot and it's like it's tempting to do that because oh, yeah. you want people to listen yeah but We're I genuinely need time to process yes. what I'm seeing, and I want to get the full feel of the tour. So don't hate us that we're not doing it right away. And at the same time, don't hate us that we're waiting. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Just don't hate us know if we do. Don't hate us if we don't. You obviously know we have a deep, un- unabiding, is that the word I want, love for this group. And we spend the majority of our waking hours thinking about them. So you know we're coming from a place of love. It's we just pure. We need to work it out. But we're going to talk about the abs because it's what everybody's talking about. Mm -hmm. And I told Jeff today, because Jeff watched because he's an angel. And he likes BTS, it turns out, actually. He was live live texting me. Live texting. And then I found out he was live texting you. And I was like, why are we not just group chatting Yeah, seriously, we have a group chat. What are we doing? That's what this is for. (laughs) Jeff's trying to keep us apart. I think so. I think he's trying to see if we think the same because then he texted us both at the same time. That's right. You both just responded with the exact same gif. We do that a lot. Which we do often. I I think people think we are like sitting together all the time. I never see you. I see you once a week on the podcast. For like two hours and then we're out of here. It's just because we share a brain at this point. Mm -hmm. But the, okay, if you didn't watch, spoiler alert, we finally saw Jungkook's abs. 
also, I say finally, congratulations for living off the grid. Because if you don't know that by now, yeah, you, you are living the I don't know how you went on any social media I'm without seeing this. ragingly jealous of you. Yeah, because we can't, like, go back to before we saw them. Right. But I was telling Jeff, as much as I love a fit Phil fella. <laughs> as much as you like chocolate. As much as I like chocolate. Um, I, I feel like my... I prefer the Jungkook who sits in the BMA's front row eating snacks and looking with a gaping mouth like he doesn't know what's going on. I don't know. That's the Jungkook I signed up for. Mm -hmm. I'm happy about the abs, but I will always truly love the goofball Jungkook. Yeah. And so I feel like I, that's, I don't know. Did I take a lot of screenshots of the abs? Yeah, I did. (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> a lot of people did. I mean, they were out there for us. I did not. And you know what? I kind of felt I was indifferent. You were I'm not a Jungkook girl. I just he's great. He's great. He's crazy talented. Mm-hmm. And like see, I almost feel like when you walk in like on your mom and dad using the bathroom <laughs> Where it's like, I feel like I I did feel like weirdly embarrassed. (laughs) Yeah, like I I wasn't supposed to see that. I was like, that's not for me. And then I felt bad because I'm a Jimin girl, and that's always been his role Mm -hmm. in the group. And so, in the V Live after the performance, when he was chugging champagne, I'm like, you do it, man! Like they dethroned you tonight. You just do your thing. They have totally disregarded your abs, (laughs) and that is something, Jimin, we will never do in this podcast. Never. Never. And I feel like that's the the thing I decided today was I've seen a lot of dudes with abs. And you know what? It's not that impressive to me. Mm-hmm. If you're healthy, great. You don't need a six pack to be an attractive person. That's why we get along. Right. Like, because, you know, we, Beck and I both have well-defined six yes, packs. Yes, we do. Uh, as every mother of three as, does. Yeah, as every lazy jerk like me does. Um, so to me, it's like, yeah, you can see dudes with great abs all the time. But Jungkook is special and wonderful because of his incredible voice and how hard he works and his funny goofy personality so I had to like have this moment with myself where I was like would I like him if he was just a hot guy with abs I wouldn't okay I wouldn't hate him but no that's not what I like about him Mm -hmm. again super glad to have this new facet to his personality (laughs) it's we know it's been there all along finally got to see it but even talking about it now, I'm like, ugh, <laughs> gross, <laughs> yuck. He's a human, Megan. Treat him like a human. I'm glad we could get this off our chest. It's I told like, myself I wasn't going to talk about it's it. It's like the mullet outbreak in K-pop. Like, God, I'm overwhelmed by mullets and abs. And again, so the fake love thing came out. Mm-hmm. And all I could think was, oh, V. He oh. kind of still has that haircut. And he's gonna. Keep, he's just going to rock it, man. And the thing is. Looks good on him. He looks fabulous. But like you, now I notice it. You see it all the time. And I can't stop also, seeing okay, it. Okay, actually, so we talked when we talked about the mullet outbreak, I was saying how it reminded me of that 80s movie, The Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. Okay. The entire fashion for the fake love video is like the Lost oh, Boys. Yeah. Like the long earring. It's so 80s. I love it. It's like it's like crossed over from like, why do you have that 80s mullet to like, oh, it's a whole thing, I'm into it. Right. So, we've said our piece. Also, zebra. That zebra print shirt. Have you watched the video yet? Oh, yeah. I finally oh, okay. did. 
So for anybody listening, I could not. Megan did the ultimate fan thing. Yeah, I was we up. should save a lot of this for now. Yeah, we, <laughs> Megan you know got what? up early to like. We'll give you the whole yeah, story to get into it. I did not watch it for over a day because I she prefer, needed to process the song. I prefer to listen to the song and get into it. You're either a Megan or a Becca. Here and we are again. Yeah, you're a Jim and a V. It's perfect. Speaking of which, one more fun thing. So this weekend, my husband. <gasps> Out of the blue. This is the best. We woke up. We have three kids, guys. It's exhausting. It's so exhausting. They're young. It's exhausting. I'm tired all the time. I'm glad people think that I'm superwoman sometimes. I'm not superwoman. You seem like it. There is no such thing as superwoman. <laughs> How dare you? And um, I was exhausted. And so we're doing yard work. We're trying to plant flowers. By the I'm way, running. your landscaping looks beautiful. Oh, did you like it? Did I did. pulled up tonight? It's gorgeous. We were trying to mow. It's this whole thing. The kids are running around. We're trying to make sure they're not like running away from the house anyway at the very end of the day i'm disgusting i have a sunburn we've been outside all day got the kids screaming they're hungry for dinner my husband guys this is goal husband material out of the blue and i thought he was joking just said hey what's megan doing tonight and i was like i don't know why and he goes maybe you should call her you guys want to go out for dinner i'll watch the kids and i was like what unprompted it's like the most amazing thing ever. So we did. We went to this great Thai place. Oh, we had a blast. They served Korean food. Yeah. We <laughs> we had a we had a glass of wine, we had dinner, and then we were like, we have things to talk Let's about. Let's not go home yet. Yeah. My husband was like, stay out as long as you want. There was a bar next door that brews their own beer. We, we went there. there. And you know what? It was a super nice night in Iowa, which is rare. Yeah, it does not happen. We sat outside comfortably, and the the, <gasps> the temperature was perfect. They had, like, Christmas lights I hanging. was wearing shorts. At one point, we were joking about the royal wedding, because it was the same day as the royal <laughs> wedding. <laughs> and I was like, you almost feel like you're at the royal wedding here, because it was like an old brick area. It looked very European. It was very pretty, yeah. And we were joking about how we felt like we were in Europe. And then Megan even said, it almost feels like we're on a date. Like, it was just, like, perfectly lit. And then out of the blue bunch of people like showed up drunk off their rear ends they had been drinking all day watching the royal wedding they had on the hat they had on like a wedding gown i mean we seriously felt like we were at the royal yeah, wedding it was awesome <laughs> it was we it was like the oh man we had so much fun we need to do that what, more often we need to do it i would do it right now megan me too let's go do we it could always use so it i have one funny story really fast we're like this is a very last minute podcast because i just got back from disney world with mm-hmm. my daughters which was great Megan's leaving in a day to go to Boston with yep. Jeff. So we're like, when are we going to squeeze in this podcast? We're just going to shove it together. So please forgive us that we haven't had time to get together. But my story from Disney World, walking around, this woman with an extremely British accent, super loud, says to her husband, I don't know, I'm just kind of disappointed. People aren't nearly as attractive as I thought they would be. <laughs> <laughs> and I told my mother-in-law, I don't want to sound like a bad person. But no matter what, when I visit Korea, that will probably be a thought in my <laughs> like, head. <laughs> because all we see are movie stars, movie and, stars. and like idols. And um, it was just so funny because she was so upfront and open about it. And I was like, this is great. So she was expecting like everyone to look she like said, Chris Evans. She followed and... it up then and said, I was expecting more Brad's and Angelina's. I was yeah. like, so do Good I. Luck. Yeah, I'm, I'm from here and I've never seen anybody that looks like that in real life. Are you kidding me? So that that was that was the highlight of my vacation. I just wow. thought that was so funny. I feel like if she really knew Americans, she'd just be expecting a lot of dudes in like camo jackets and trucker hats. Like, is not the stereotype? Yeah. Just a lot of, a lot of Ashton Kutcher people. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, we got some of those around Ashton here. Ashton Kutcher is from Iowa. Iowa. Welcome to it, ladies an and Iowa gentlemen. Guy. 
Proud. Loud and proud. <laughs> Loud and proud. <laughs> so, should we jump in? Let's do it. All right. Today, we're going to do Boys Over Flowers part. Do. Do. Dos. Tfo. Yeah, I'm trying to think of all the languages. Do. No. Zwei. That's German. Uh, come on, Megan. Come on, Megan. Kick one out. Dos? Did we already say that? No, we did not. Do. Do. No, I already did. That was the first one I did. <laughs> Boys Over Flowers part two. Here we go. All right. We're gonna make it We're quick like, too because it's so tired. It's it's insane. I don't and have I told three Megan, kids either. I took notes on this when we did our first podcast about boys over flowers, and I was going through them today, rereading them, and all I could think was, who wrote this story? There is no consistency, <laughs> no continuity. There's not. There's like the characters undevelop if that's possible. It's, it's sort of like you shove together. 10 drama, 10 premises for 10 different dramas into one show, but each premise, which would usually last like 16 episodes, just lasts like two or three. Yeah. And then, and then it's like on to the next, and then they move on. Totally new story that had just surprise you. All of a sudden, she's a model getting stalked by somebody. Well, I decided to point out some of the inconsistencies (laughs) just for our benefit. I I can't imagine there are many. I'm excited for you. So, Let's dive in. I'm ready. I'm sure people have been waiting with bated breath because right. we left off on a real cliffhanger. We did. I don't, I don't know if you guys remember. <laughs> Johnny John D. was strapped to a chair. She trusted the wrong person. <laughs> she trusted the model. And if we she knew just, anything. What have we learned? You can't trust somebody who doesn't eat a lot of food. Never trust a model. <laughs> so, Especially one you just met. Who tells you that you could be a model and then you look in the mirror and think, no. Who happened to save you from a weird sex trafficking situation? <laughs> I gotta say, a lot of things don't add up here with she this fellow. She doesn't have a lot of common sense when it comes to that. So when it comes to that, <laughs> when it comes to, to anything. So here we go. Here we are. John D is kidnapped. She's strapped to a chair. Model guy is in this weird warehouse with like a fire going. It would almost be romantic, except it's not consensual, which is the theme of the show. Again, we come back to John D has not been asked if she's okay with this. (laughs) But also, she's not really vocalizing her discomfort. She just sits there. Right? I mean, okay. And so Becca, as always, did a ton of prep and I didn't prepare at all. So I'm like watching Becca like, oh my God, I forgot that happened. So I could be misremembering things. That's how it happens. So he pretty much tells her, well, it was like, I'm mad at June Pugh, but I saw the way he looked at you. And so I'm trying to get revenge for my brother. And I decided to kidnap you, but I like you now. But wait, he does say that? He basically says that. What is his deal? (laughs) He's. God, I, don't know. I hate this character so much. <laughs> well, don't worry, because after this episode, yeah, he oh, gone. Yeah, by the way, he's last two he episodes. He gone, yeah. So then, of course, out of the blue, Jun Pyu shows up. Do, does he ever, do we ever get clarification on how he found her? I don't think so. He mm. just kind of magically shows up. Oh. Well, unfortunately for Jun Pyu, model guy has some model friends. Oh, my God. And they, like, restrain Jun Pyu and start beating the crap out of him and... The model basically tells him, if you can just beg for forgiveness and say that you will give up John D, I will let you go. Which, does he think that if he gets June Pugh to be like, okay, fine, she's all yours, <laughs> then John D will be like, I guess you made a deal. I guess I'm all yours now. I mean, like, she's going to be okay with this? He, she's tied up to a chair in a knot that my son could make. <laughs> Not struggling whatsoever. She's just kind of going like... 
well, I'm tied up, well, so I guess I gotta sit I guess here. we'll see how you fellas sort this out, and then I'll know which way to go. Uh, so, <laughs> so, Junpyu, of course, which is actually, like, a sexy line in this show, which you don't get many, Mm-mm. he says... I can't do that. And then he, oh. like, spits blood. And this is, like, prime Lehman Ho, where you're oh, just like, yeah. this is everything I've ever wanted in a man. Oh, it's so <laughs> dreamy. But also, like, he spits enough blood that you think he's having, like, some sort of bleeding Internal ulcer. bleeding yeah. issues. But it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's an abandoned warehouse. It doesn't need to stay clean. He's going to be fine. So he- then they start kicking the crap out of him more. Jumpyu. And he dies. <laughs> <laughs> And then we start a whole new show. Just kidding. JK, LOL. Trying to keep Megan on her toes. <laughs> but then in the distance, then, you for, wait, for a second, I was like, does he like die and then come back to life? Did Which I forget that? A, like, a totally plausible plot yes, point in this show. It would be understandable. I was dead show. for five minutes, but then I remembered how much I loved you, so I had to come back to life. So then in the distance, you hear, almost paradise. <laughs> Avengers. You guys, so we have, side story, we have this cat at our house. Oh my god. <laughs> we went for a walk this weekend. And this cat followed us around our entire neighborhood and then followed us home. Hang with me. This is going somewhere relatable. Boys are I'm going to be stuck thinking about this cat now. So then last night, the cat was here all night, just hanging out in our yard. This morning, it wasn't there when I left, but apparently my husband left with the girls. The cat was just like waiting for him on the front porch. And the cat... Looks like a house cat, super clean, super well-fed, super rested, like great, beautiful, very kind cat. Well, then tonight, Megan comes over, the cat is back, Ugh. and it just like loves our house, Which and we like just don't know what to do with killing it. killing me so badly. And Megan is such an animal person, it's killing her inside to know that there's this animal up there that doesn't have a home. I know that you guys shouldn't feed it, but I would really love for you to feed it, <laughs> or like let me feed it near you so when megan came over i was like oh the cat it's right here so she goes outside she's petting it and you keep saying over and over do you have a microchip cat yeah. <laughs> like is it gonna help you find a can home can we find your parents so this is where it's relatable to boys over flowers whenever john d is in a crazy amount of trouble mm-hmm. there is no distress call no. she has a microchip they have they have somehow <laughs> tracked her and it's just programmed into gangster pottery guy and fabio's heads and Which, they're like our john d alarms are going off and we need is, to go save her john d alarm is about to go off like six more times in the next three oh, episodes like so. 60 times yeah. i couldn't believe it when i was going through my notes today she is an idiot. <sighs> so anyway, F3 shows up. They save the day. Here's where the story... Okay, can I always say where it gets weird? And you say, here's where, where it gets, gets weird. weird. Yeah. <laughs> so the next scene, she... So basically, Junpyu's on the ground. F3 comes in to save the day. Model guy gets so angry. He picks up a chair and he goes to slam it over Junpyu's head. Oh my well, John God. Well, Johnny magically realizes this knot isn't holding Suddenly me to this chair. Suddenly she can move. <laughs> so she jumps in front of the chair and it gets broken over her back mm-hmm. and it knocks her out and she lands on the ground and Junpyu's freaking out. She well, protects him. F3 is kicking butt. Yeah. Next scene is they're in the hospital and she's waking up. In like a VIP room. Yeah. Junpyu's there. He's already been attended to. And he starts, like, they're hurling insults, and it just jumps right back into the relationship. I can remember this part. I just remember thinking, that seemed like a pretty major injury. And then I was hoping there would be, like, a sweet reunion at the hospital, and it was just them poking fun at each other. Well, the very next scene is her going to her house. 
her already mom, been discharged. Her mom is like crying because they owe money to loan sharks and it's this huge thing. I just remember thinking, what? Oh, how does your mom? Yeah, not no one know? contacted her mother. Which <laughs> it is never probably, brought up. Honestly, probably June Pugh is so insane. He probably changed her emergency contact to himself. It's just never mentioned again. Her knowing that she's a high schooler. Yeah, who just had also, this life changing thing happen. Guess who never talks to the police? <laughs> Goom John D or June Pugh? Goom June Pugh. Them. Like this dude is like stalking and harassing them and almost killed them. There's there's harassment, there's attempted murder, there's kidnapping. But they're like, you know what? We have too many other plot points to take care of. We're not even gonna bother filing a, a report on this. And also, he's just gone now. Yeah, there's no there's no consequences. No he he's he's done so. There's never any closure with his brother, like this was a flash in the pan. This was an insignificant storyline that took up a Crap load of our time. <laughs> Again, I couldn't stop watching. No, it's great, but I hate it. <laughs> I think I said last time, that's my least favorite storyline. And the rest I can tolerate, but I hated that stupid model. So she goes home. Her parents are in trouble. Now all of her friends know, like, oh, her parents are financially not doing well. You should know that from the get-go. She, she was delivering dry cleaning during a school day. Yes. But it's like a surprise to them. So to surprise her and make her happy, they decide to go... On vacation again, and they go skiing. Do you oh my god! Why did I think that this part was like way farther in? Oh no, this is episode twelve. Is this the necklace? Yes. I thought this was like way after Macau. And, no. Oh, oh man, Megan. we get right to it. No. So they all go skiing together at a beautiful resort. At a beautiful resort, John D mysteriously has enough money to go. Which we'll find this out later. But this chair breaking incident. It renders her swimless. <laughs> like, something about this injury makes it so she can't swim anymore. Oh, I go into detail and I okay. point out some of the medical inaccuracies just because it's Good. so fun. But I also want you to know, it doesn't stop her from skiing. Right. Which, like, what? how? Yeah. What, I mean, I don't know anything about the human body, but, like, it seems like you'd use a lot of the same muscles. Nope. She's fine skiing. So they go skiing. June Pugh teaches her to ski. It's actually kind of sweet. But anyway, he decides, I really like this girl. I'm going to give her this one-of-a-kind custom necklace. And he designs it for her. I gotta say, for all the K-drama necklaces out there... It's a good one. It's a very pretty it necklace. It kind of reminds me of the necklace from Master Sun. They're yes. kind of similar. Yeah, they're very, it's very elegant. It has something to do with like an orbiting star. Yes, yeah, so it's the moon and then a star... And basically, he's like, I'm the moon, and you're inside me as a star, and I'll never leave your star. I don't know. So I asked my friend who is part Korean. That sounds weird. Who's half Korean. <laughs> Who's part Korean. <laughs> I mean, we're all part something. <laughs> you're right. Sorry if I said that in an insensitive way. No, no. So she's, uh, she's like, yeah, she's like, the translation doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's actually quite sweet. Okay. And she's like, I'm even trying to think how to translate it better for you. And she's like, I'm failing. I feel like when he says it, it makes him sound like I'm the center of the universe. Yeah, it makes it sound like and I, you are stuck in my orbit. And I own you now. Yeah. Like that's yeah, the yes, way it comes yes. across. You are a part of me. Yeah. And the keyword is me, not yes, you. Like yes. that, it, it does seem very, which honestly, like I didn't even flinch at because it's so June Pugh. Mm-hmm. Like, of course he's the center of the universe. He's good June Pugh. Well, she, she was cracking me up because she's like, no, it's actually so romantic. But she's like, when I think about the English translation, it just doesn't it's add up. It's not the same. She's like, it's it so just fascinating. makes him sound really conceited. Yeah. Which, yeah. Again, they're lucky that it comes off 
that like appropriate for his character, yes. I guess. But that's kind of lovely to know. That's like, what he she actually said. has a beautiful she moment. She said it's a, a very cute thing. Oh, that's so sweet. So he tells her when he gives her this necklace, necklace, I designed this for you. There's only one like it in the world. So if you lose it, you're really dead this time. <laughs> Which, wow, what a dreamy thing to say. Tell me more. Oh, please, give me this necklace that also comes with a thread. (laughs) (laughs) It's two gifts in one. So, of course, guess who else is here? Like, the whole school is on this vacation. Yeah, they can't go anywhere without every single one of their graduating classmates. (laughs) The mean girls are there. They hear about the necklace. They're jealous. They all like June Pugh. So then they decide... They're going to swipe the necklace because he said she's really dead to him if she loses it. So they're all out skiing and they push her down. And when they pretend to help her up in like the slowest, clumsiest way possible, they swipe the necklace from her. And of course, Johnny doesn't notice because she she's no dope. Yeah, she has no. Oh, these girls that are always mean to me are super nice to me. Must Who be knew? legitimate. Huh, it must yeah. be the snow. So eventually he finds out she lost it. He gets super mad. He and gets he, really mad. And it's heartbreaking. It kind of is heartbreaking. He basically says, are you sure you lost it on accident? I mean, he's accusing her of yeah. not wanting to accept his genuineness. And as much as we make fun of the show for being bonkers, there are, the, like, the underlying relationship, you are so involved and invested. Don't you mm-hmm. think? Like, yeah. You, you do get so just completely invested in their relationship that the moments like this where you're like, no, 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 this it's not what you think. It's just an accident. She's she John really, D. She's John D. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you give her something she, expensive? Yeah, of course. And I would never give my five-year-old a diamond necklace. No. Like, and and we know how genuinely she cares about him. For the first time, you're finally seeing her like really, really care about him. And it's just like, no, not again. It hurts so badly. It's heartbreaking. So we got to wrap this episode up because so much is happening. So she decides, the mean girls give her a tip that they think she they found the necklace or somebody had found the necklace on this ski slope. But of course, there's a winter storm coming. It's like a blizzard. So John D decides, I better just hurry and go get it. I can beat it. I can totally beat this storm. <laughs> now, June Pugh, through this other random storyline with his mom, has been pulled out of the trip now. She doesn't even know. He's been like yanked from the resort. He's like in the I car with all these guys. Either. Oh yeah, these bodyguards. So she starts going up the hill. Well, F3 is like, where the F is John D? <laughs> and they get wind. She's out in this winter storm. But instead of just going because they're there, they call Jun Pugh. He's like 50 miles away now in a car being held hostage. Because teenage boys frequently get together and go, what's practical, but what's romantic? <laughs> Let's weigh our options. The romantic thing is for June Pugh to be like, I gotta go to the bathroom. So he makes the hostage guys pull over. And of course, he can just conveniently get away. He also conveniently finds a snowmobile. (laughs) Stop it. I don't remember that at all. Zooms his way to Johnny's heart. Of course, because of the storm, the snowmobile ends up dying. So now he's sprinting up this hill. She, again, you guys, go watch this scene because I just look at it and think, you you could do so much better. There's no snow. There's no wind. It doesn't seem stormy. (laughs) It doesn't even look that cold. Mm. And yet John D is incapable of staying on two legs. Also, not wearing a very good winter coat. She looks very stylish, but does not look warm. She looks like a newborn baby giraffe. Yeah, she's just falling over. Walking for the first time, and she's digging through the snow. (laughs) Like, like, 
Like she's gonna find this necklace. It's a gigantic ski slope, and the necklace is a teeny tiny. It's smaller than a dime. <laughs> I just like watching it. I was so invested, and then even today I went back to rewatch it, and I got invested again. And I'm like, my brain is divided in two because the logical part of me is saying this is so not oh, happening. Yes. And then the romantic side of my brain's like, this is the greatest storyline ever. I distinctly remember this episode, like, clutching my pearls and like, <laughs> oh, what's going to happen? They have to work it out. Like, being so worried and and, and so nervous and anxious about what was going to happen. Like, I, you get into it. You're you just get into, into it. it. Yeah. So and then it's easy to step outside of it and be like, this is dumb. This is so, as, but, a, as a writer, I feel like we're both yeah, writers. Yes. We look at it and think, what were they like, who greenlit this? Yeah. Who was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. No, it doesn't. None of this makes sense. So he ends up finding her. Mm. Again, she's like the size of my pinky on a huge ski resort, but he finds her. Which there's like nobody policing or patrolling this massive ski resort either. It's which because seems... she has that cat microchip in her and she, she just does. knows where he, she's Thank at. Goodness. Thank goodness. Somebody <laughs> put a tracker on John Thank goodness. Somebody's microchip John Deere. Yeah. So he finds her. She's basically semi-conscious at this point. Again, there's no snow, no wind, and it doesn't look that cold, but that's fine. It doesn't matter. And I honestly give kudos to both of them because they're committed to oh, the storyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe she's cold. She she seems cold. <laughs> so they end up going like 10 feet farther, and there just happens to be an abandoned cabin on the ski slope. Oh my God, I forgot about this too. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about this, but now that I'm thinking about it, I remember being like, I like where this is going. Right? <laughs> so he brings her in. She's all wet. She's been mm. in the snow. Again, she's wet she, because there's snow on the ground she and it's hot like, out, so it's melting. She must have like rolled around in the snow <laughs> to get as wet as she got. She's like buried herself for a little while. So they go in the cabin. He starts a fire. IDK how he did that. <laughs> I don't know how he managed IDK. that. IDK. <laughs> <laughs> I can't we can't keep going until Becca stops laughing because she's the only one that remembers what happens. Okay. All I remember I gotta is, breathe. I gotta breathe. I gotta is breathe. that he warms her up, right? He warms her up by giving her his clothes. Which this is the same guy that when they were stuck on the <coughs> Namsan Tower thought he was gonna die. Just from being in a windy place. He got exposed to the elements he and caught a cold. for a few hours and almost died. So he gives her his clothes, which is great for the viewers. Yeah, again, I like now where we this have is a, going. We have a topless Lee Min Ho. Which, yeah. Yes, please. I mean, again, we're here for the personality. <laughs> we'll, we'll stick around we'll for, the for the shoulders it's and fine. abs. Chocolate it's fine, abs. So it's like a romantic moment, and then the next day they show back up at the resort, mm. fully clothed, mm-hmm. almost. I fine. Think, I'm pretty Pretty's sure fine. in different clothes, probably. I don't know where they got those. Well, they're in a cabin. Thank God the cabin <laughs> <laughs> inhabitants were gone that night <laughs> and wore the same sizes. Shandy and June Pugh. In this world, they would. And their friends are like, "Oh, we were so worried. Whatever." None of them say, like, we called your parents, we called the no. police, nothing. They're just We there. thought you died yeah. from exposure. Nope, they didn't. So, thankfully, F3 had cornered Mean Girls and been like, what really happened? Why did you send her out? They got the necklace back. So, John D now has her necklace. 
And doesn't okay, June also, Q feel like a little B-I-T-C-H for well, being so mean to her? Uh, luckiest girl ever, though, because she got some exercise. She did. <laughs> she got to take in the scenery. She enjoyed nature. She en- got to experience a nice bonfire she, with a shirtless Lehman Ho. She spent the night with Lehman Ho. And then she gets a diamond necklace handed to her. And does she appreciate any of this? No! No. Because she's John She's D. John D. And she tries saying something sweet in this episode. I feel like she, like, maybe when he gives her the necklace or when she gets it back, she does, like, her best effort at saying something she sweet. She says something like, see, I didn't throw it away, or I wouldn't yeah. have lost it. Or, I forget the exact translation. And, and then you're like, oh, she loves him. She loves him so much. And you're like, they're going to work this out. But guess what, guys? LOL. The episode ends because June Pugh's father is sick in China on a business trip. And... He gets taken away to visit his dad. We never meet his dad, I don't think. Isn't that's he how like the episode ends. in a coma? Yeah, I don't remember. Maybe we do meet him. I feel like he never... I feel like... I can't... I don't remember if this is the same show or if this is a different show with a rich kid. Whose dad is sick. Whose dad is sick. And it's feel probably like, all of them. I feel like John D. Like, sits with his comatose father and like holds his hand yeah, what show or something. Is that? That is might that be this? this show. If it is, I completely skipped I it. So. I was not... Uh, uh, the comatose father is not a big enough plot point <laughs> to be memorable in the show, if that tells you anything. That's so, what this show is. Let's dig into 13. <clears throat> not as much happens. Thank God. Thank goodness. 12 so, is a banger. Apparently, I don't remember this. His dad dies. Oh, just kidding. It's not that show. It's not the show then. Yeah, his dad dies. So F3 can't get in touch with him. He's uh, he's overseas now. His dad has died. There was a funeral. They can't get in touch with him. Neither can John D. And he's, he's always just gone to the world. He's ghosting everyone. He's ghosting everyone. But no worries, because Fabio is taking it very seriously to watch over John D. while June Pugh is absent. If you know what I mean. Wink. Wink. Mm-hmm. So he sees her struggling in many areas of life. I, yeah, can be more I don't know specific. how anybody know. could not see her struggling. <laughs> and he asks her about her shoulder. And she's like, yeah, I can't, I don't know if I can swim because my shoulder hurts because a chair was broken over me. Because <laughs> a guy tried to kill me, but I never reported it. <laughs> so he takes her to a doctor, as one should from the beginning. Yeah. Is there not universal health care in Korea? There must she, not they be. They went to the hospital. I don't know what The hospital happened. didn't check for any... <laughs> Internal injuries, apparently. Not. So, but they had a humidifier going. The doctor tells her you'll eventually heal, but your swimming days are over. Not like your lifting days or your running no, days. Your swimming days are over. Or your motherhood days, because you'll be lifting babies with that arm. Mm-hmm. No, nope, just your swimming days. Yeah, you're good every other area. And what does that mean? Like you'll eventually heal. So like you'll eventually. I, I think, like, regain your strength, but you mm, can't swim anymore. Ever again. It's a very specific injury. Which I feel injury. like there is never an actual diagnosis where they're like, <laughs> you'll never swim again. I feel like, if anything, when you have a horrible injury like that, they're like, someday you should try swimming to make yourself stronger. <laughs> I feel like that's always the... Is the you should try cross-training as much as yeah, possible. please, please, lift this dumbbell. <laughs> so she's super depressed. She sits at the edge of a pool. And I remember the scene, and I remember thinking... Oh, Fabio, you dum-dum. Why do you like her so much? Because she says, I know I'm not pretty, I'm not smart, I'm not rich, but there was one thing I liked that I could do better than the other people. They say I have to quit. I can't swim anymore. What do I do now? And I remember thinking, she needs you. You're sitting there. You're not making an aggressive move. Clearly, June Pugh doesn't care. He's not Mm. in the picture. You're a teenage boy. Yes. This is not reality. Her two options are terrible because she has June Pugh, who's so aggressive, it's like... 
It's so much. And then she has Fabio who like can't say three words together. <laughs> like he can't just be like, hey, I'm into you. Let's do this. Whereas Junpyu's like, by the way, I own you. <laughs> We're dating now. We're da- you and me, girl, forever. <laughs> so her hobby is gone. Mm-hmm. Her boyfriend Which is, is gone. Which is very sad. It's her not family, believable, but it's sad. Her family home life is like gone. Wait, has that happened yet? Well, it's getting there, but okay. they're just financially completely unstable. Yeah, everything's a mess. Everything's falling apart. She's in a deep fog. As it does. So, real best friend. Thank God for real best friend. And real best free. friend. Do something pretty amazing. And they decide to give her, like, a retirement ceremony from swimming. Do you remember this Oh, part? this is beautiful. It's so lovely. It's really beautiful. And they all meet at the pool, and she gets to, like, hop in and, like, kind of swim, which, again, I'm confused by because they said she couldn't swim. Too. I don't know. But she swims well, and then she gets out, and they, like, are like, you are retired. They, like, say, they, they, like, like, say goodbye. It's, like, throw a party. A funeral for her hobby. It's really beautiful. So now they decide... We've had enough. June Pugh's ghosting us. Let's just all fly to Macau and right. see what we'll we, find if him. we can find him. It's small, right? Right, right. <laughs> He's answering our phone calls. We'll totally be able to tell he where he is. He probably wants to see us. So they help John D go. Because again, she's poor. She's poor. And they have unlimited cash. I don't understand where their parents are. Again, these generous fellows were the guys that were having other people basically like try to murder her at the yep. beginning of the show but it's it's cool they're all good now. we've forgotten all about they're that. all homeboys they're yeah fine. it doesn't matter anymore <laughs> so when she lands she goes to the hotel and she bumps into this woman let's see if you remember this part megan she bumps into a woman the woman drops something john d picks it up hands it to her they exchange some niceties and then they go separate ways so then john d's like walking down the street and some thug oh i remember this picks her wallet she turns around, tries to defend herself. Well, he's overpowering her because she has a bum so- shoulder, mm-hmm. even though she just swam. And she's walking around with all of her worldly possessions with like, her. Like, nobody taught her how to travel as a single person. No. And guess and what? Real quick, she's traveling separately from F3 for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I like, don't understand They're that on either. totally different planes. Anyway. So a woman comes to her aid. And it's It's the, the woman, woman from the hotel. Yeah. We're going to start calling her Monkey. Because that is how she's referred to. Because that is how she's referred for the rest of the show. So she, they end up liking each other. Yeah. A lot. Monkey is cool. They're super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, they, re- they return to June Pugh's hotel because Monkey can get her in. And she sees June Pugh across the room. And her heart falls because he's smiling and laughing. And he's got three beautiful women around him. And it's clear that he's at like a business function. And then he meets eyes with her. So reading my notes today, I thought, this is so corny. And then I went back and watched it, and I was like, oh, God, I love Oh, yeah, so I'm going to tell you now, I love the Macau episodes. <laughs> so he meets her eyes, and he, his smile falls for just a brief second, and he looks completely torn. And then he, his smile returns, and he turns away like he never saw her. This is the essence of Lee Min Ho right here. Like, this is what Lee Min Ho does best. Man. Torturous glances and just, like, horrible heartbreaking ignoring her it's the best it's so good so of course john d leaves she's not a happy girl with all of her worldly possessions yep. and guess what happens <laughs> because well, wait a minute she wouldn't get mugged again <laughs> somebody steals her luggage stop <laughs> She has yet to check into a hotel room, but no. she's been there for like eight hours. What? <laughs> she went to Macau without a plan? But I hold refuse up. to believe it. Hold up. Even though she never read any safety precautions when traveling alone, 
F3 shows also, up. Also, she's in some random part of the city. She's not even by the hotel anymore. Nope. She's like in a market somewhere. So in all of Macau, <laughs> F3, F3 just appears. Almost paradise. <laughs> and Becca's saying that like we're kidding, but that plays every time every they show time. up. And... They help her. They fend off these they, evildoers. Yeah, again, they help her. They decide, and then they decide, none of us can get in, like, in touch with June Pugh. He's busy because his father died, and he's like the heir to this company now. So we're just going to go sightseeing. We'll worry about it tomorrow. Yeah, we came here for a very big purpose, but whatever. It's fine. So that's how the episode ends. They're sightseeing. <laughs> They're like on a gondola, I think. Aren't they? <laughs> Oh, is that when Monkey is singing on the... They like- <laughs> That's coming up. <laughs> okay, Monkey is cool, but also I hate her. Yeah. Like, I, what another I, terrible I'm addition. I'm conflicted on her. She's a great character, played by an amazing actress whose name escapes me. She's beautiful. Uh, she's super famous. I'm going to look it up while you keep All right. talking. So, episode 14. Are you ready to jump in? I'm ready. All right. So, June Pugh sits in meetings, and all of a sudden, he starts getting various text messages, and they include photos... Of John D. and Fabio exploring Macau because... Like close-up photos that somebody had to be like four feet away to take. pretty much. And guess what? He's troubled by it. He doesn't like it, Megan. What? I don't believe it. So then we go back to F3 and they decide, you know what? We're just going to go to June Pugh. We're going to try to work this out. He's ignoring us. We're childhood best friends, whatever. So they all meet in the hotel gym. And the the F3 are playing basketball. It's like regulation-sized court. <laughs> and Jim Pugh walks in and says... Oh, I like this scene. It's actually quite nice. Mm-hmm. And he's like, very formal. He's like, nice to see you. He, we can tell he's changed. Something weird has happened. Something is bizarre. Yeah. And they respond with, well, do you mean that? Because it doesn't seem like you're happy to see us. Also, I feel like somewhere in the meantime, they've all graduated. <laughs> Sure. I feel like that's like a whole thing where John Dee's the only one in school anymore. But anyway, continue. <laughs> so June Pugh pretty much admits everything to them. And he's like, listen, I don't have time for John Dee anymore because my dad died. I'm taking over the company. There are 700,000 employees and their families that I'm now responsible for. I don't have time to worry about her when I'm trying to worry about which, these 700,000 employees. Which is Well, great. someone just grew up out of nowhere. <laughs> Because this does not sound like June Pugh. It's so beautiful. Yeah. So but then, of course, in true June Pugh fashion, he tells them, if you mention her name again, then you might as well just leave. Because, you know, it's fine to admit that your history never happened. Right. Just denial is the way to go. It's the best way to deal with your emotional problems. I do it. So Pottery Guy gets all riled up by that because he really likes John D. He thinks she's yeah. a cool girl. Finally, Pottery Guy's doing something other than saxing us. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he saxes June Pugh in this instant because he punches, oh, he punches him. punches him in the face. And then he says, which is a great way to slip it in. He says something about, well, that's something mean to say about somebody that can't even swim anymore. Oh, Or something like you. that because of you. And June Pugh looks surprised, but then they drop know. it. Nobody, yeah. nobody brings it up again. So they decide, because they're sneaky. They're going to sneak John D out in the middle of the night, like early morning, like at sunrise. Mm. And they're going to try to get June Pugh. They're going to trick him and try to get him to meet her on like this bridge in Macau. It's very romantic. Oh, right. um, and so she meets him secretly and they kind of have him. He's just so mean to her and basically says, I don't want to know. you." He's not even making eye contact. And he's like, I don't want to know you. I don't even know why you're here. Yeah. Then he says that she's a stain that he wants to erase. It is brutal. It's hard. I don't even like John D that much. And no. I, my heart 
broke for her. And I, it's, I want this relationship to happen so badly that every time he acts like that, it's just like, you've betrayed me. Yes. As a human maker, I liked you me. with that perm. You can't do this no, to me. No, you've made me like you despite all odds. <laughs> you crazy, possessive psycho with a terrible haircut. It's terrible. So then basically, she leaves. Mm-hmm. She's like, fine. I Which, won't. props to John D. She's not going to mess around. She's just going to go. Well, like, but I also think it's like, hey, you're kidnapped, so sit on this chair and he's like, hey, we're not together anymore. That's and she's true. like, okay, bye. Because Candy's <laughs> never really fought for any of this. Like, no. obviously, if I were Jun Pyu, I would still be kind of like, does she like me, though? <laughs> I don't actually know if she likes me. And I think, going back to our first podcast with Boys Over Flowers at this point, Johnny might even be thinking, maybe we weren't dating this whole time. Yeah. Like, she, maybe she still has not. She's like, people give people necklaces for other reasons. <laughs> I don't know. There's no way to tell. So... This is this is where I was like, okay, I still like Jim Pugh. Because then he, do you remember he busts into his mom's office and he's just like got tears. He's like yelling at her and he's like, are you happy now? Is this what you had intended? Like everything is ruined for me. Every, I'm doing exactly what you want and everything else in my life is ruined. And there's a scene where he's like yelling and his eyes never blink. And his eyes slowly fill with tears. And it's just like rage crying. Lee Min Ho is the best. Give me an emotional man cry. And I'm just done. I think that is, he's so passionate. So yeah, he's way too much most of the time. But then in these moments when he's like way too much in a good way, this is why we love Jun Pyu. This is why it hurts. Because he still loves her so much. It hurts. And that's how the episode ended. And he was so good at being cold and horrible to her that you're like well you ruined that so yeah. if that was what you're going for good sorry, job sorry guy yeah so all right episode 15 i have like a funny part that's not really like a big part of the story but it made me laugh john d and bobby are still in macau i think f2 is already left i'm not sure where they're yeah at. they just peaced out <laughs> who knows well, they, did they play like nighttime hide and seek already <laughs> oh no that's coming oh, okay i think i think that's coming so f3's <clears throat> they're still there though i'm not sure and so they have to, like, share a house together. They don't have a hotel room. I'm confused by the whole thing. And in the morning, she's John D. and confused as to where she is. And she gets up to use the restroom. <laughs> she's sitting on the toilet. And he, I don't know if she doesn't lock the door. He walks Fabio? in. Fabio? Yeah. Wait, is this when they're staying with that weird guy that's obsessed yes. with him? Okay, no. So they were going to fly home. They get to the airport or something. And this, like, weirdo dude who's, like, way too much... <laughs> Is, is like, oh my God, you're here. We're best friends. Come stay at my house. And Fabio's like, okay. And then John D's like, I guess I could stay a couple more days too. And then they go back to his house. And the reason I say he's a weirdo is because he's so mean to John D because he thinks she's com- like competition for Fabio, I think. But like, we still really don't know who this guy is. And he's just awful. I don't even remember any of that. Oh, yeah. So he, that's great that yeah, you yeah, remember yeah, that. Yeah, no. It's, well, I remember whenever there's like a gay character, I'm always like, oh, wow, this is kind of uncommon. But then they make him this character. And it's like, why did you do that? This character's terrible. Anyway, he's, he's so mean to John D. And so he walks in on her in the bathroom. Well, instead of handling it like an adult... Like, everybody poops. It's fine. <laughs> she has a mental breakdown and, like, refuses to leave her bedroom that day. Just refuses to everybody leave. Everybody poops. <laughs> oh, I also said, 
have you read that book? It's like a little book for kids. Oh, no, I remember yeah. that book. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody poops. I'm just happy it came up naturally in conversation. <laughs> and so, what a delight. But this is like where I thought, oh, my gosh, this is the cutest little scene ever, is when she finally emerges, he's prepared a meal for her with a little note that just says memory erased. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> That's super sweet. God, you know, Fabio never got me in the way some second leads do where I'm like, why are you going to pick Junpyu over this guy? But he did have his moments where you're like, what a solid dude. I know. What an outstanding gentleman. So anyway, everybody poops is the moral of the story there. That's the name of the episode. So then John D. Okay, this is one of those storylines where I remember thinking, why does this matter? Mm. It's the shoe storyline. Do you remember the The shoe The silver shoes. Where John D and Fabio go shopping, she's eyeing this pair of very specific pair of shoes that she likes. And they're crazy expensive. Yeah. So she puts them down because I don't know how she afforded to go on this trip, period. She didn't. Well, buy these expensive shoes. Well, guess what? Fabio knows she wants them, so he sneaks back later and buys them. Very sweet gesture, right? Because he just knows her size. Yes. This is the thing in K-dramas where I'm always like, how does everybody know everybody's shoe size? I don't know. Because I feel like everybody's always giving each other shoes, which is great. I love getting shoes. But I feel like nobody knows my shoe size. But you know what? That's like an old saying that you should never give the person you like shoes they'll because they'll run away, away from, from you. you. I have heard that. So it's bad advice to buy your potential lover's shoes. I called them lovers. Lovers. Because I'm an old-fashioned person. That word only belongs between me and pizza. <laughs> it's from 30 Rock. <laughs> so before he buys them for her, though, this is where I remember thinking, what? June Pugh shows up because mm-hmm. he's had somebody spying on her. He has or his mom has? He I, has. So I think they both Oh, yeah, have. that makes sense that they, he would get texted the pictures. Yes, then. and so he goes and he wants to buy her these shoes. He, yeah. Again, he just told her he never wants to so see her he again. So what's he going to do? An- 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 Anonymously. Anonymously. Like, what's he going to do once he buys them? So he puts his hand on the shoe. Well, somebody else puts their hand on the shoe at the exact same time. Dun, dun, fighting dun. over the shoe. It's Monkey. What's Monkey doing there? What is Monkey doing in oh, the cow? And Monkey is... Come on, Megan. Really? You just looked it up. <laughs> Lee Min Jung? Lee Min Jung. Lee Min Jung. Is Monkey. Okay. She's fabulous. She is great. And so they start fighting over them. Well, Jun Pugh ends up winning. But it's this whole Because he overpowers thing. her because he's like 10 feet taller than her. And so guess what? Then... Fabio and John D are like at the airport and he goes to put this pair of shoes on that he bought for her, which brings me back to why were Monkey and June Pew fighting over these shoes if Fabio walked in hours later and bought the exact same pair? There's clearly more than one pair. Because because June Pew and Monkey are rich kids <laughs> and they don't know that you can ask someone like, do you have more pairs of these shoes? They're used to having one of a kind things. They don't understand mass production. <laughs> I don't get that it's like no. consumerism. Yeah. It's fine. So June Pugh sees it. He sees Which, her putting the shoe on. All the credit I gave June Pugh before for being like tough and being like, I can't be, I don't want to be with you and hiding his feelings mm-hmm. out the window because literally like 24 hours ago, <laughs> you were like, I never want to see you again. And now you're like, put my shoes on. <laughs> Wear my shoes. So basically, he gets really mad. And Fabio's like, you have no right to get mad. Which is correct. Yes. <laughs> Fabio pretty much point blank says, 
I was staying off her out of out of friendship Ooh, for you. Oh, this is a good scene. And now you have tossed her aside. Yeah, she she's trashed basically you. she's fair game because she belongs to all of us. Right, she is the person we talk about like and so, the last ice cream sandwich. I'm going to go after her <laughs> right. because I enjoy ice cream sandwiches. I want it. You didn't eat it. <laughs> and Junpyu punches him, and then they leave. Because that's the and way. And finally, John D. It's always physical violence that gets her wild. That's up. how you say goodbye and... Yeah. And so she's like, that's not nice. And then they leave. Well, then Lee Min Ho pulls this amazing performance where he, like, falls to the ground sobbing. In the airport. In the airport. It's great. He's and he's carrying this bag of shoes that he was, I guess, hoping to put on her. Which... And he leaves them at the airport. But guess who walks by and finds them? Not Monkey. Monkey. What? <laughs> That's too much of a coincidence. Again, I look back. I don't think these shoes ever come up again. She doesn't even wear them. (laughs) We never see John D wearing these shoes. And I just think that was a that was a lot. Because if John D is smart, she goes home, sells the shoes, (laughs) takes the money to her poor parents who cannot even like afford their rent. She doesn't. No. She doesn't, because she's a dum-dum. She's John D. So we're still in the same episode. They get home. They all get an invitation to a birthday party for June Pugh. Not another birthday party. Another. I mean, they just got back from vacation. Ooh, I like the birthday party It's time episode. for a nice this birthday is a good party. One. And so they show up. The invitation actually came from June Pugh's mom, which is amazing. Which, no, she is no red flags there. Yeah, right? Yeah. She hates me, but I should probably go to well, this party. Maybe she's changed her mind. <laughs> She gives them a front row table. Also red flag. Right? To There's all a the stage. People, There's like a stage. All the people that she's been saying, stay away from my son. But now she's like, no, be as close to my Actually, son as possible. you should see this. And so they show up. It's a whole thing. He sees them. There's some tension in the He's air. He's mad. And then all of a sudden, his mom is like, Surprise! It's not a birthday party. It's an engagement party. Dun dun dun! And the back door is open, and Monkey is being hoisted in by some security guards, like kicking and screaming. Yeah, she doesn't even want to be there. Jun Pyu is furious because he's like, I don't know anything about this. I forgot that he didn't even know what was no, happening. No, none of them know about it. It's great. It's an arranged marriage. It's great. Monkey and Gu Jun Pyu are betrothed. So they have a little powwow at the party, and they're all standing in a circle. And Jupu like looks at John D, and he's like, "I need to talk to you." And then he walks across the circle, grabs a wrist, and starts walking out of the building. <sighs> and he's angry, and he's How not looking back, and he's I mumbling. I hate that. <laughs> Again, in real life, if a guy grabbed my wrist and pulled me out of a room, I would be like, "Get your dirty hands off of me!" <laughs> but in this scenario, I'm like. Oh, take me, Judy. Pull me anywhere. Well, you know who doesn't have a voice in this scene? It's not John D. It's Monkey. Monkey. Because he grabbed the wrong wrist and he was pulling Monkey behind him. Stop it. Stop it. Are you kidding me? No. You don't remember this scene? How is that even physically possible? (laughs) First, were they just like (laughs) flailing their arms about and he just grabbed one out of the air? (laughs) I don't understand. I mean, it's so. It's so funny. Like, their physical Actually, comedy that is, is so hilarious good. Because, like, the wrist grab thing always looks so cool. But in actuality, it would not go right <laughs> that often. Right Because there, there is a lot, not much eye contact involved. It's like a grab and go. Well, he grabbed Hot and went. Hot and ready pizza. <laughs> he grabbed and went. And it wasn't the wrist he wanted. So, 
<laughs> embroider that on a pillow. <laughs> he grabbed and went, and it wasn't the wrist he wanted. That's just basic life advice for anybody listening. But I think the funniest part is when I, again, the emotional side of my brain is like, well, that's really funny, and it's kind of cute, and John Dee's... The emotional turmoil you see when he grabs monkey instead of her, like there's hurt involved. Oh yeah, and but we're the rational we're side of my brain is like he clearly was talking to you. He was making eye contact with you when he didn't grab your wrist. Don't you be like, hey, did you want oh, me? Excuse me, <laughs> excuse me, June Pew. Were you? Could you clarify? <laughs> and then monkey, who's not happy about being there to begin with, no, he wasn't even looking at her, and then he grabbed her wrist. Why wouldn't she be like, hey, a-hole, Dude, I'm not the girl also, girlfriend. Also, Monkey is a tough bee. Like, <laughs> yes. she is awesome. She kicked a bunch of dudes' butts to save John D. Monkey can overpower pretty boy June Pugh. Well, Easily could not overpower him. This she, like, episode. knows Krav Maga. Is that what it's called? I think so, yeah. Thanks. That's the Russian martial art, right? Krav Maga. I have no idea. Don't mess with a woman I who knows Krav Maga. I know it's scary, though. Yeah. Yeah. So then we got the next episode, episode 16. And it's the next day at school. Well, I guess they are all in school. So. <laughs> I was just going to say these dodo birds are still in school. Or they might be in college now because I feel like there's a moment where, and the school has a college. Yeah. That's like a thing where it's like, oh, we go to college here now. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they've, at some point, everyone but John D has graduated and is now attending college at this school. Who knows? So John D happens to run into Monkey at school because now she goes there. Again, Monkey and John D get along great. No word of model guy is still there. Apparently he went to that school. I don't know. Hopefully at least someone at the school had him expelled for property damage <laughs> or something. I don't know. So they recognize each other from the party and from Macau. And Monkey's like, Monkey has no idea that there's oh, a history there. Monkey is about as oblivious to things as John D is. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> and it's part of her charm. It is. Because she's the only part of her that I really think like, oh, that's so cute. Monkey has no ill will toward anyone. No. She, she's like a, a super rich girl, head of or the daughter of a huge co- corporation, but she's cool. She's like not affected or, or preppy or anything. Mm-hmm. She's just a cool, kind of weird individual and you like her i mean she's annoying super annoying right but but you appreciate her for being an individual well here's where we all feel for john d because monkey's like i've never had friends i've grown up rich i would like to be your your big sis your honey can we please be friends and then she says since you seem to know june pew so well i seem to like him will you be my dating coach and John D is just a dumb dumb and she's john like d. i guess i feel like okay i'm trying to put myself in her shoes First of all, impossible. <laughs> First of all, they're extremely expensive shoes. And no one knows the size, really. <laughs> I I just feel like, yeah, would I be the same way where it's like, sure, I'll help you because you're too embarrassed to say like, no, I like him even though I don't have a chance with him? Mm-hmm. Don't think I would. I think I'd be like, mm, let's not do this. Right. This is a bad idea. Yeah. I would be totally upfront and be like, listen... I had a thing with him. It makes me a little uncomfortable. I'm, I'm glad of, you're together. I'm not going to go after him, but I just feel like I need to tell you that history. I actually... Before things get weird. I'm kind of a snake. <laughs> and would be like, if I befriend her, I have a better chance of ruining her. So honestly, that's probably what I would do. But Jandy doesn't do that. Jandy's an innocent little soul. She's a little lamb. So she's like, well, she said I got to be your dating coach, so I guess I have to be. She's like, this is what someone... Someone gave me a directive. <laughs> That is what I respond to. And so, and they like 
Yeah, and her best, real best friend is like, also like, okay, we're friends with this girl now. I guess now. we're friends with her. So then it comes up in casual conversation, and Monkey's like, well, have you ever had a crush on somebody? And John D point blank describes June Pugh without using his name. Well, he has an amazing perm. <laughs> He's a total jerk. He's the head of Shinwa Group. He can't tell anyone's wrists apart. <laughs> and Monkey oblivious. Monkey's like, well, he sounds fun. <laughs> I've never met anyone like that. So then back in school, Jun Pyu, again, this is one of those scenes, the first time I watched it, where I had to rewind like 50 times because I just felt so many feelings about it. He's basically, you can tell, he's waiting around to just bump into John D. And they're, like, on these columns. Well, she finally walks by. She ignores him. Mm. And she just keeps walking. And then finally, she can hear him following her. So she turns around. She's like, what do you want? She, like, snaps at him. Finally. Yeah, finally. Like he deserves. And everybody's, like, clap. Finally. Finally. Get it, girl. And he says, why don't you swim anymore? And you can tell that this has been weighing on his mind since Macau. And again, you just fall in love with him. And them, and the whole thing, and all their history, it's and beautiful. that stupid model storyline that made this moment happen. You're like, oh, I guess I like it now. <laughs> so she just basically spits at him, I quit, and that's it. Nothing else. Because she's too proud to tell him. She's way too and proud. And she cares about him too much to tell him that it's his fault. And, so and it's not his fault. It's her for following around a model a she model. didn't know. John D, it really comes down to your It brain, is your fault, sweetheart. John D. And so there's just tension in the air, and there's some other things said. Well, Fabio shows up, and he can t- he can sense the emotional turmoil in the air. And so he's like, well, get on. Get on my bike, and we're going to go for somewhere. <laughs> we're Audi 5000. Where you want to go? And freaking Monkey shows up and says, oh, is this the boy that you had a crush on? In front of all in of them. In front of Jim Pugh. So now Jim Pugh is mad and jealous, and he's hurt because... Clearly, she's not swimming, and he thinks it's because of him, but yeah. he does, still doesn't have final confirmation. Fabio's getting his hopes up, because he's, he's like, like well, I don't know. There's still emotional turmoil. Monkey's just like, isn't life special? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy I can bring all of us together right now. Which also, credit to Jun Pugh, the whole time he's like, I don't like you. I don't want to date you, Monkey. I am not interested at all. And she's like, no. <laughs> I wish I had a friend named Monkey. It's like the most fun <laughs> name ever. Like, get away from me, Monkey. Monkey and Bangs. That's our girl gang. <laughs> it's so great. So they end up leaving. Hmm. Thank God, right? Because Do they, they go to his beautiful glass house. <laughs> I don't remember where they go. I don't either. But F3 decides that this whole monkey engagement thing is bonkers. And they need to stop it immediately. And so they come up with this ridiculous... Ridiculous plan to set up Pottery Guy and Real Best Friend and then tell John D. I oh, think it's like Gangster Guy. Okay. Is telling John D. like he does Go not break have, him up. He doesn't have good intentions. Mm-hmm. You better stop this date before the wink unthinkable it's happens. It's like a full on Twelfth uh, Night Shakespeare scenario. Yes. And Bait of and course. Switch. He's like, the only person who can stop him is June Pugh. You better call him. Mm-hmm. So then she freaking goes because she loves her real best friend. I would call June Pugh for you, Ma- I would call June Pugh not for you, Megan. Thank you. You're welcome. And she calls June Pugh and she's like, we have an emergency. You have to come. So basically, 
They're spying on real best friend and pottery guy having a date, which means that June Pugh and John D are having a date. Why would June Pugh go along with this? I don't know. He, if you can tell, he's like over it, but he just likes being with. Yeah, her. I guess that's true. Also, I said Twelfth Night. I meant Much Ado About Nothing. Yes, obviously. And when you said Twelfth Night, I was like, I love Twelfth Night, but that's fine. I don't think it's Twelfth Night. It's a yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's great. It's an unnecessary reference, folks. Go read you some Shakespeare. You should read Shakespeare. There's some great storylines there. Stuff. Anyway, I'm saying this because they convinced this guy that this girl's cheating on him because they like put another lady in a tower that looks kind of like her from behind. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway. So they go on this great date following a couple, a fake couple having a fake that date. That ends in a hotel if I don't. It does. So, well, it's kind of sweet because at one point they're like outside and we all know that June Pugh is not immune to the cold weather. And so (laughs) (laughs) there are fireworks and he does the epic back hug with the coat. June Pugh does? And he like snuggles in with her because it's cold and he tries to give her his jacket. Well, then he gets cold. So she's like, well, take your jacket and they like share it. Yeah, the monkey ears (laughs) are some of the most romantic episodes. Right? I'm remembering. It's so great. So it does. It ends at a hotel. Of course, Pottery Guy's like, let's let's make them believe that the real the real sin is happening. Which in honestly, this hotel real room. best friend, why not, girl? I, I mean, you're in your you first, like him. If you're in college, you're in your twenties. You I like mean, him. You gotta explore that safely. Sometime you mm-hmm. already know he practices safe sex. Also, you're and, be and this is a K drama, so he just wants to kiss, <laughs> right? Make out. He just wants to play a solo for he you. He just wants in to In front perform. of a, a nice romantic fire. Amen. Everything's going to be fine. So June Pugh is just again going along with it. And they're like in the next room. I don't remember. It's, they're the worst spies ever. Because they're just so out weird. in the open at all times. They're like, you know, like eye to the keyhole, ear to the door. <laughs> Can you hear anything? No. Can you hear anything? No. Can you hear anything? It's, that's literally what it is. It's the greatest. Then when, don't they get a room? Yes. Well, then his mom shows up. And she's like, I will not stand for this. That's my impersonation. I that was really good. <laughs> Thank you. I don't even think that's the direct translation I of what she says. I will not stand for this. And so she calls John D like some of the rudest it, Yeah. Mom throws names down. Because she's been a horrible, horrible awful person already but then you're just like face to face with her and she just gloves come off i mean you meet with the cat you get the claws you don't mess no with one knows cat. that better than megan <laughs> constantly covered in scratches his hands are covered in i just cat love scratches. me some kittens <laughs> so it pretty much again ends with security guards dragging away june pew because his mom's like you're supposed to be watching over the company and you're out philandering with I'm sorry, but this poor girl. If this woman is like a conglomerate, brilliant businesswoman, she would never have given June Pugh this company to begin with because he is incompetent. Also, he's like 17. Also, he's, yes, a child, a literal child. <laughs> so we're cruising right along here. Next episode, John D's family is in so much debt, they have to move. This is one of my favorite <laughs> twists. Because it's like the most bizarre thing. It's just a way of getting her alone more often to basically, be with Jean Pugh. Basically, the what little parental supervision she already had, they were like, this is too much. Her parents are smothering her. <laughs> Get him out of here. They like go to the coast to become fishermen. Right. They go to like a tiny fishing village. But, but, but you need to keep little brother yeah, with you. Yeah, you should raise your brother. 
because it's just we're gonna be working all the time so in order to keep making money she picks up all of her parents old jobs including cleaning like this orchestra hall where fabio often frequents like his grandparents paid for it or who knows and so he sees her have we established that he's a classically trained violinist i think so okay he's a classically trained violinist yeah. why don't they start a band <laughs> we have a violinist sax gangster sings the almost paradise we know he's got chops <laughs> june pew's useless june pew's that's the money guy he yes, front the band. i would listen to that <laughs> and so it's kind of sweet because he sees her struggling he stays like to help her clean well, then she has to go to the bathroom because she's a human being. Yes. And he's walked in on her before. So, so she's he's like, fine with it. I'm going to give you some space. Yeah. You go potty. Doesn't she like pass? She does. So after a while, he gets worried and he makes the classic Fabio mistake. He walks in the bathroom. <laughs> well, thank God she's not in the toilet this time. She's on the floor. <laughs> she's so exhausted. Yes. She has overworked herself into exhaustion. Very common K-drama thing. So he brings her to his glass house, which is really sweet. The house is awesome. And she's in bed, and the doctor comes, and the doctor's like, she just needs to rest. She's exhausted. Better give her an IV. (laughs) So the doctor leaves, and he picks up her hand, and she's got like a scratch on her finger, so he kisses it. Well, June Pugh just happens to swing in for a visit. This is the problem with having a house made entirely of glass. (laughs) (laughs) People can see everything you do from outside. And so he gets mad and he goes to his car and he throws this epic fit and he's crying and hitting the steering wheel. And whenever something bad in my life happens, I send Megan this gif of Lee Minho in his car, car, like beating the car. Because again, he hasn't learned to just deal with things. Right. He needs to just not deal with them and then get angry when they don't go his way. Right. So he, Jim Pugh, witnessed Fabio kissing John Dee's finger. She's unconscious, by finger. the way. Yes, finger. I need to say it one more time. Her finger. Where was it, though? <laughs> Her finger. Oh, right. <laughs> so the next day of school... June Pugh's like, I'm going to be an adult. It's time to let John Dean go. She's happy with Fabio. I saw him Like, we believe that could ever happen. <laughs> and so he gets mad at Monkey because he's like, "I fine, we'll date. But don't be so clingy. Like, what can I do to not make you so clingy? And she's like, well, you could kiss me. So he does. Kisses her on the lips in at a least, school. At least John Dee doesn't see. Oh, wait, she does make No. <laughs> Timing is everything for these and people. A, Monkey is conscious. B, it's her lips, not her finger. It's a pretty... John D has a reason to be upset looking kiss. here. Yeah. Because, again, John D didn't know about the finger. <laughs> she doesn't know. <laughs> John D doesn't know anything that's ever happened to her. <laughs> that finger got played like the sax. Yep. Just, she has no clue. Wait a minute. Can I ask a quick question? Has evil mom bought her parents' house yet? That's coming. later. Okay, okay, okay. I sorry, think. sorry. That was like a total. I think no. I think that's ha- oh, it's coming. It's okay. Coming. So um, anyway, she gets mad. Fabio's like here, and he like turns her around and gives her a hug, and he's like, that way you can't see what's happening. I also feel like at this point, none of us believe she's ever going to be into Fabio again. No, she is so far into June Pugh. Never. And so they leave, and they go to a restaurant. Guess who shows up at the restaurant? Not monkey and June Pugh. Monkey. Come on. <laughs> what are the Give us a break, chances? fate. 
Do you know whenever I've had a crush on anyone, I ran, I never ran into them. <laughs> and if I did, it was like early At Sam's Club. Yeah, early Sunday morning, <laughs> no makeup, haven't showered. And my mom's like, can you just run the store and grab some milk? And he's like, Seriously? oh, there's my crush. Yes. Yep. Thank you, universe. Yeah, exactly. So they run in the same restaurant. And there's this like prize where if you eat a jumbo ramen and you're a woman and you can eat it in 20 minutes, you win 50 free ramens. Well, John D is poor and she doesn't have parents and she really wants this prize. And Monkey can tell by looking at her, which is great because Monkey can't tell anything any no, other Monkey time has of the show. No perception. And so Monkey does it and everybody's amazed. And you, I think even June Pugh at this point's like, Monkey's pretty cool. Because Monkey is cool. Yeah. She is arguably a nice person. Yes. You can't dislike her. I and, mean, you can because, again, she's super annoying. Right. But it's like in that way, it's like, yeah, it's in a way that you can't fault her for. She right. just has a weird personality. Exactly. So she says, I won this, and now you guys all owe me, you have to grant my wish. Mm-hmm. Guess what her wish is? Don't tell me. She wants to go on a vacation. Wait a minute. <laughs> These people hate vacations. It's not their solution for everything. So they go on a couple's trip. To where? I don't remember this at all. It's an un- No memory. It's an undisclosed location, but mm. it's at a luxurious hotel. As it always so is. So I think it might, it could even be a staycation. They might just no rent a hotel sometime. Oh, you will. So the first night there, Monkey pulls John D aside and she's like, I bought these couple rings. And inside of the ring, it's engraved J and J. That which is. Which are Monkey and June Pugh's initials. Also, John D and June Pugh's <gasps> initials. So John D's thinking about, well, my initials are on that necklace, just like that. So to contemplate her life, she goes to the pool, which is where she's medically told to not be. <laughs> avoid the pool at all costs. <laughs> and she's holding the necklace and looking at the engraving. Of course, she drops it. Okay, I vaguely remember this part. Into the pool. She's sitting on like a tall rock formation in the pool, <laughs> yes. if I remember correctly. It's like a waterfall it's in a, an inside pool. Yeah. And what does she do? Instead of asking a helpful hotel staff Which, member it's a pool. Help, it's not going anywhere. No. <laughs> nobody's, there's nobody else in this pool. No. Nobody's going to swim down and grab it. No. There's no wildlife that's going to take off with it. No. She can see it. The water is clear. Yes. No, she decides to just jump in. She's like, that no swimming thing can only mean, like, <laughs> not in an emergency, probably. <laughs> well, guess what? She starts to drown. And of course, it's not just like a, you probably shouldn't swim because it's bad for you. It's like a, you cannot, you <laughs> physically cannot swim. Your body can no longer make the movements required to swim. Which, okay, guys, I'm sorry. I was a lifeguard for eight <laughs> years of my life. I'm passionate about water safety. Like, <laughs> passionate. Actually, my high school newspaper, inter- not my high school, my college newspaper interviewed me because I had been a lifeguard there for four years. And they're like, what made you become a lifeguard? And I was like, I have I'm this passionate about water vivid <laughs> memory of, of being a child. And I was terrified of the water. I was terrified. And I was like, well, if I become a lifeguard, I can save people from the water. Becca. Which is why I became a lifeguard. And how do you sum up Becca in one story? <laughs> That is the most Becca thing I've ever heard. And so, and in the end, I love swimming. But I'm telling you, a human being, you cannot have a whole limb and still swim fine. Well, you, and also she can do everything else with all her limbs. It's just like when she's apparently horizontal, she can't put her arm over her head. That's it. Any sort of liquid on her skin. It's super specific. The way this chair hit her was like a super specific... Things that just broke this one movement. 
common sense tells you this is asinine. Yes. But your romantic emotional You're side like, is like, oh, oh no, John D, not swimming. Anything but swimming. <laughs> He'll understand. <laughs> Just let the necklace go. She goes down like the Titanic. Although there's he never understand. There's no hope here for John D. Well, all of a sudden, she's on she's on the pool deck. Somebody had saved her. And this will not be the last time that happens. <laughs> and it's June freaking pew. Who can't swim? The tracking device went off. <laughs> so this is okay, again, we are making fun of it because we love it so much. We fully promote and endorse oh, this drama i've we watched it, it so i've much. watched it more times than any other drama and so okay so then she says june pew I, you can't swim and his exact phrase to her is i would rather drown than let somebody else save john d why is that romantic i don't know it's literally like <laughs> like she could be like a swat team is waiting to go in and save her and he'd be like don't you dare <laughs> I'm going into this horribly dangerous situation. You stay here. Nobody saves John D except me. <laughs> and so and there's this like 10 minute montage of him learning to swim because he can't swim and she can swim. And Fabio saved How her once. How many people have and... learned to swim for you, Becca? <laughs> None. None. None for me either. And it's just amazing. So then, of course, Monkey and Fabio show up. And this is again where I'm thinking... What? They are fully dressed. Like they're going out to dinner. June Pew's just in swim trunks. So he just happened to be going for a swim. When he, just, John- he wears them under his clothes all the time because he knows that <laughs> dum dum's going to try to get into a pool sometime. And then it's like a Velcro suit. It just rips off in an emergency. <laughs> it's like a Yes. And so he hands her to Fabio and it's this great moment of like. Did she get the necklace out? No. Oh, okay. Well, kind of. So there's this great moment of he's like, I'm entrusting her to you. Like, I know I can't have My her. fiance is here. P.S. If she ever gets hurt, I still have to be the one to save her. <laughs> I have her. to save her. Still. But you can take but she's her. she's yours. Take her now and make sure she's medically cleared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to be responsible Me- for all that But paperwork. not by a doctor because we don't do that here. <laughs> so she leaves. Well, Monkey spots something shiny on the pool deck and it's the necklace. And she picks it up and she sees J and J. And you can finally tell that Monkey realizes, oh, they must have had feelings for each other at some point. It's taken her like eight episodes. And they're like constantly searching each other's eyes for the meaning of life. (laughs) Well, she gets it. So we go to the next episode. She realizes that they have a history. She's mad at herself for not realizing it sooner. The The next morning, this is where I remember thinking, gosh, Monkey's kind of mean. She indicates at breakfast that her and Jupune had a big night. Ugh, like, monkey, wink, wink. come on. And then, obviously, she's trying to plant inappropriate thoughts into John D's head. Which will work because yes. John D just, directive, taken. And so she says, like, oh, he left early because he was embarrassed about everything that we experienced last night. Which is the truth. He did leave early, but not for that no. specific they reason. They weren't even staying in the same room. And so later that episode, she ends up giving him those J&J rings. And she basically says, well, you put it on my finger. And there's this moment where you think he might actually do it. But then seeing the J&J, he gets really flustered. And he's like, I have to go somewhere. So he gets up. And of all places, he goes to visit Pottery Guy. Hmm. Because he's an expert on romance. Expert on love. And they have a real heart to heart. And 
pottery guy's like, well, clearly you love her. You're just an idiot. And then he says, you know that she can't swim because of you, right? And he tells him the whole story. And P.S., you already told him that. (laughs) He just gives him more details. Yeah. He just really wants to bury it and hit it hard. So then they get mad at each other, of course. Who? Pottery Guy and June Pugh. Always. Because there's this whole storyline, too, where Pottery Guy can no longer potter. (laughs) Wait, he can't? He gets, like, in a fight, and so he smashes his hand. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, because his dad's a lech. Yes. His dad's, like, a disgusting monster. And so I cut out that whole storyline. But anyway, when June Pugh happens upon Pottery Guy, he's feeling real sorry for himself. And so he's comparing the fact that he got hurt and he can't. Pottery Guy hits rock bottom so fast, so (laughs) often. And he can't mold clay anymore to John D hurting herself and not being able to To, like, protecting the man she loves. So anyway... John D and her little brother now. Let's go back to them. Little brother. They need to find a place to live. Well, they find this rooftop apartment. Pretty crappy. Pretty Which shabby. They, like, Junpyu's mom bought their old apartment and, like, turned it into, so, I don't know. Like, they had to leave. They got yeah. evicted. And then her parents moved. And they found this horrible, ramshackle, terrible apartment. But they agree. Like, we're going to make do. the best of it. It'll do. Because they're cute and adorable mm-hmm. and positive people. Well, the next morning they wake up, and June Pugh is their neighbor. And he's, he's bought the apartment across from them. Yes, across it's the next roof. And yeah. he's like, well, I was just looking for a place to stay. Just wanted some peace and quiet. <laughs> if you're trying to forget her and move on with your life, you're doing terribly. <laughs> Who is giving you this advice? He, Terrible well, life advice. He doesn't have the smartest team around so him. So she has to like teach him to cook ramen. And then one night he's screaming and she runs over and there's like a bug in his apartment. Right. Because he's never been uncomfortable in his life. And she's just trying to teach him Which all of this about is the just school of hard knocks. Making us love him more because he would give up his cozy life to live like this for her. And you're like, oh, no one's given up their cozy life to live like this for me. No it's, one's learned to swim for me. It's a whole thing. So then, no one's waited outside in the cold for more than an hour for me. The cold over it. I mean, that's beautiful. So in the next episode, we're flying now because these episodes get real boring. They in my are opinion. really, really, really lame. Monkey convinces Jun Pugh to go grocery shopping. Apparently, they don't have staff for that anymore. Hmm. Totally kidding. They do, but she just wants to get him out of the house. It's about a ton of stuff. And then he finds out that she's buying it for John D. Which is again where I'm like, Monkey, now I like you again. Monkey is so nice. I don't understand why you have this little evil mean streak in you. So they drop the supplies off. They share ramen with John D and her little brother. June Pugh's mother shows up at her door then and like threatens to pretty much ruin her life. Did June Pugh hear it? In like the nicest voice ever. It's very calm. She's very calculating. Yeah. It's kind of terrifying. Uh... And then just says, like, you have to stay away from him. Like, you do not have a choice. This is my last warning. So John D's like, okay, whatever. So then F3 and Real Best Friend give her a makeover to her house. They, like, get her out of the house and they do, like, wallpaper and paint. Oh, yeah. And it's so sweet. It's so sweet. And they have this, like, little dinner party. And Monkey convinces June Pugh to, like, get out of the house. Well, they end up going to this little dinner party at her shabby little rooftop apartment. And the tension is real it is great it's insane it is so good so they end up eating dinner and then playing truth or dare which great great decision (laughs) to avoid drama oh and fabio says to june Pugh, if the one that you love is troubled because of you could you let her go 
And it's clear who they're all talking about. Although at least two people in this room probably have no idea. (laughs) And you, Pew responds with, no, I won't. I can't. And then he looks right at John D. Because it's not obvious enough who this conversation is about. And he says, does the promise that we made still stand? Referring to when they were like on the road and kissing. And he said, please don't run away because of my mother. And she's like, I promise I'll never run away because of her. And John D says, oh, it's so beautiful. She says, no, the person who made the promise and the one who asked me it are both gone now. Oh, I thought you were going to say she turns to everyone and goes, I wonder who he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) It's so beautiful. Well, then the next morning she wakes up to an earthquake, but it's not an earthquake. His mother is tearing down her apartment (laughs) Just when you thought this woman can't get more evil. (laughs) She's tearing down the building while they're sleeping in it. Her little brother is still there. This poor kid. It didn't do anything wrong. And so they come out and the construction crew's like, you gotta go. Oh, you guys were here? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we could take a quick 15 minute union approved break, but we got work to do. Who would live in this place? (laughs) We thought it was abandoned. So it ends, the episode ends with her having to like ship her brother off to To where where his parents are. Yeah. To go to this tiny village with her parents. So now she seriously has nothing. Just wait though. Just wait. (laughs) Just wait till she gets a job. Yes. Nothing. So next episode. I don't I didn't remember this part until I was going through my notes. She's wandering the streets homeless. <laughs> <laughs> because her this life is a woman isn't who has a crap load of rich friends. <laughs> She's too proud. She is. Even real best friend has to have a house. Real best right? friend seems financially stable. <laughs> I mean, real best friend is never like yeah, wandering the streets, homeless. <laughs> so she's too proud to ask for help. She tries to like create a little bed for herself in this tunnel and gets run oh, off. Oh God! By, in like, this train station. Yeah, but like oh, a belligerent it is, homeless it is guy. Truly terrifying. Yes. It's extremely upsetting. <laughs> and so after hours of walking the streets, she collapses again. From exhaustion. But that's never happened before. But she's not listening to any of these doctors because she's never conscious. And her friends are clearly not telling her the advice that the doctor is saying while she's unconscious. <laughs> questionable. Questionable things Hi, are Johnny. happening. So a worried crowd gathers around her and her phone starts ringing. And so a woman from the crowd, a helpful bystander, picks it up and she's like, hello? This woman just passed out. Do you know Do her? Do you know who you're calling? And guess what? It's June Pugh's older sister. Weird. She's back in the game and now. And calling John D for some reason. Right at the nick of time. So when John D finally becomes conscious again, she's in June Pugh's house. <laughs> and her sister and his sister is like, well, you can just stay here until you get your life sorted out, knowing that that will be never. Right. And John D's like, well, at least let me work. So she goes, okay, well, grandma's here. You can, she's overseeing the house staff. Guys, <laughs> just when you thought it couldn't get dumber. And yet I love it. Oh, even it's great. More. <laughs> what what is the only thing I want? John Diddy to be in that house <laughs> and accessible to June Pew 24-7. That's like a brilliant, brilliant, and perfect romantic thing. How are happened. we gonna do it? We're gonna make her a maid. <laughs> 
Not just any maid. Grandma makes her Junpyu's personal servant. For again, his mother, for a woman who oversees a massive corporation, does not pay any attention to what's going on in her own home because this is precisely what she did not want. <laughs> so it's, again, nothing to do with the storyline, but Junpyu's at breakfast and reading the paper and he's like bossing the staff around like, like he does. And all of a sudden, his grandma speaks up and he looks up and he goes, oh my gosh. And he's like, I thought you were dead. <laughs> Funny. Just to let you know, Grandma has not been in the picture. She's just shown up too. Yeah, it's great. So I then thought he, you were dead. Then, he, then Grandma's like, "Let me introduce you to your new servant." And then he sees John D. She is so embarrassed, and he loves every oh, second. And she of is it. wearing a little French maid getup. <laughs> they are. They take it all the way in this household. Like she has on like the little black dress, the little white apron, the little white hat, and There's like a lace. feather duster. <laughs> Again, if she didn't know June Pugh, I'd be a little worried she'd wander in, into another weird child sex trafficking thing. Because it is an odd choice of It's uniform. very specific. It's, they must have a lot of money because it looks co- pricey. It's pretty cosplay. <laughs> I, it's a lot. So he pretty much... Bosses her Surprise, around. surprise. June Pugh is into it. Because oh, this, yeah. like, this is like every kink he's probably ever <laughs> He can literally tell her to do whatever he wants, and she has to do it because she is employed by him. It's great. It's great. It is great. So one of my favorite scenes is he tells her to go make him her famous ramen. So she does, and then he refuses it because she makes it fancy. And he's like, I want it like commoners want it. I want it in a gold pot with no garnishes Mm -hmm. and chopsticks. And then she brings it back. He can tell she's exhausted, so he makes her sit in a recliner, and he's like, you will sit there until I finish it. It's really lovely. Of course, she falls asleep, so he, like, puts the footstool up, and he covers her up with a blanket. He's so happy. He's so happy that she's there. Well, Grandma's peeking in. She sees the tenderness happening. She loves it. Because look at this. June Pugh's becoming a human. It's so great. It is, really. It's just the best. So we're going to zoom through these next few episodes, because... Really, only one important thing happens, mm-hmm. and that is a wedding. Yeah, th- we will say this time. Her time as a maid is worth watching because, like, there's a really great kiss and like the secret rendezvous thing and it's all this good great. stuff. But we won't get into it because that stuff's actually good. So why make fun of it? Yeah, <laughs> we're not gonna make fun of it. There's also a scene where they're hanging out in his room and Monkey comes in. Yeah, she wants so to watch a movie. He makes her, well, no, he doesn't even make her. I think he's like, let's just be honest, let's just tell Monkey you're here. And she's like, no, I'm so she hides. So she hides in this tiny cupboard in his closet. Well, Monkey wants to watch a movie. So they end up watching this movie, and, and she's Pugh's like totally time. distracted. And by the time that he finally finds her, she'd fallen asleep, oh like God. crumpled in this it's closet. so cute. And he takes such good care of her. Guys, go he, watch this episode. You're like, God, he loves her so much. Why? No one knows. <laughs> it's the best. So the next episode is this elusive wedding. We're not talking about Meghan Markle and Harry here. No. We're talking about Drew real Pugh real and Munkle. Munkle. <laughs> and Monkey. <laughs> Munkle is the funniest word I've ever heard. You just invented a word. Munkle. When we write our K-drama, can one of the characters' names be Munkle? Yes. It's so good. All I can think of is Monocle, and so now I'm thinking of Monopoly. <laughs> That's where we went with that. Munkle can have a monocle. That would be the <laughs> best to. thing ever. 
So there's a wedding. Yeah, because they're still engaged. We've never called this off. <laughs> they're together. Oh, and you go to Jeju Island. You go to Jeju Island. It's beautiful. It's awesome. The location's beautiful. Monkey looks beautiful. Yeah. It's this whole thing. And Monkey has gotten pretty hardcore now, though, where she's, like, not going to give up Jumpy. Yeah. She, she knows really what's going on, and him. she is not going to give him up. Yeah. And for some reason, he's, like, going to go through with it. Even though he and John D seem to be finally working things out, right? Well, I think the funniest part is he's trying so hard to come up with ways to get out of it. Yeah. But his mom has basically threatened John. Like, like it has to happen or yeah. bad things. Like, she's already put her parents' business out or parents' business out of business. Demolished then she two demolished of her homes. Two of her homes. I mean, her his mom's crazy. She she has unlimited funds and can do anything. It's really really bad. All right, and this is where. Again, I just think I can't do this anymore. So there's a wedding. He's trying to do everything possible to get out of it. He corners John D. So angsty. And he's like, tell me not to do this. Tell me to not get married. And she doesn't say anything. Because she's John D. And then in the next episode, I'm flying now because these episodes frustrate me to no degree. He he puts his arm out to gangster friend and he's like, break it. Oh, yeah. He's like, break my arm and then I won't be able to get married right now. Like, I may have to get married, but at least have another day or two. Oh, I'm remembering what happened. Oh, my God. I just remembered what happens. (laughs) It's just awful. Well, then they finally are in the church. So much angst. The wedding is happening. You as a viewer are just dying inside because, like, there's no way out of this. They look beautiful there's they no look way like out the of this perfect and couple. isn't john d like a bridesmaid she's there man she's got a front seat to this disaster of why a wedding. would you show up to this you dope i don't know have some self-respect well finally monkey shows her good side and monkey's like we can't do this she won't marry him and it's lovely it's i mean like finally we could have saved a lot of time and money monkey but right it's great this because it honestly and the way ago. she's she's so forceful about how she's gonna go through with it until this point you're like there's no way out of this wedding you have no idea what's gonna happen well it happens she gets out of it or he gets out of it so then again this is where you're like all right the show cannot get any more bonkers. i don't even remember what happens you next. finally think this is okay when i tell you you're gonna be like oh my gosh i totally forgot that this happened so what episode are we on 23. Of 26? 25. 25. So there's this whole thing. Again, you think they finally can be happier, happy together. They're not because Junpyu and Fabio are still kind of fighting. There's tension. Fabio really wants John D. Well, clearly Junpyu does. And now there's like an open runway here minus the crazy mother. Well, I'm just fast forwarding. Something bad happens to Fabio where somebody wants to hurt him really bad. So they get in a car. They are zooming down. They're going to hit him. They're going to hit him in this alleyway. I don't remember this at all. June Pugh jumps in front of the car, gets hit by a car. Oh! (laughs) Do you remember now? God. (laughs) Wakes up. Oh, my God. In the hospital. Guys, this is the original K-drama trope of he has amnesia. Don't (laughs) even say that word to me. You know what? I have selective amnesia for the parts in dramas where characters get amnesia. And he can't remember John D. But he rem- I'm sure he remembers everything else that's His happened to him. happily ever after is just flying away. <sighs> so then there's this whole, again, I just, I'm zooming through. There's this other girl that shows up. 
She's starting to learn things about John D. So she starts acting like John oh, D. Oh, she like meets him in the hospital. Yes, and she starts making like the same lunch boxes that John D. made for him, and she kind of looks yeah, like she John D. Sucks. And so when he starts to regain his memory, she kind of taints it to like paint. Be like, a no, you're remembering of her. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Long story short, he realizes it's not. Takes a long time, guys. These episodes are painful. Again, you want to watch them, though. and there's oh god, the lead up is so worth it. It's so good, and so for the pool when they finally remember, it's great and romantic, and this other girl gets what she deserves. It's so because good. I think they get engaged then. Doesn't doesn't he propose she, to her? No, I don't know if they propose, but they're like gonna announce their dating at this big pool party. They're gonna move together. They're She's gonna, gonna move, move in with together. Him. That's right. They're and they they have this huge party around a pool, and of course John D gets invited, and so she shows up, and. In a pretty and pink dress. She looks very pretty and pink. Yes. And has he remembered by this? So she has the necklace, I think. He like suddenly remembers. And she goes, tell me you don't remember me. When you, or I think she says, when you, when you remember my name, say it. And so she like backs up to the edge of the water and just falls falls in. in. And of course, it's two feet of water, guys. Right. But she's banking on the instinct that June Pugh's like, (laughs) girl in water must jump in and save. (laughs) And so it takes him forever, but then finally she like, definitely would have drowned for as long as it takes yeah. her. And he jumps in and saves her. And, and then he's like, hey, crazy hospital girl, you're a psychopath. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> it's so great. It's great. After he pulls her out, and I think he even has to do unnecessary CPR, which is great because we're all waiting here. for it. We're all like, finally. <laughs> she finally smiles and says, do you remember now? And he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh. And you die inside. I'm melting just thinking about it. It's been like <laughs> two years since I watched this episode. It's so great. So this is the last episode. But then you like fast forward. I hate again. the last episode. It's bonkers. Because all of a sudden she's a doctor. They go to medical school. This precious dum-dum is a doctor. And she works full time every day with oh, Fabio. Oh, 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 they're not. Yeah, it's not just she's a doctor. They're all doctors. <laughs> If I had a nickel for all the friends I have that, that are, are doctors, doctors I would have zero nickels. I guess if you are a doctor, you would have more doctor friends than you do if you're not you would, a doctor. But think. like, I feel like you didn't grow up with a whole bunch of friends that all became doctors. Right. Exactly. I don't remember anything else about the last episode other than There's fast a giant forward. time hop. They're all doctors. And at the end, he proposes. He's really mean to her, though. I feel like I'm waiting for this, like, He's really romantic ending. But I figured, like, you had amnesia. You, like, got through that. And now you've been together. And now you're happy. And for some reason, your mom's not trying to kill John D anymore. But he's just, like, tells her how stupid she is all the time. Yeah. And there's, like, a... If you're waiting for the gooey, rush, like, romantic you moment... You don't get it. The only one you get is the pool scene, I yeah, think. Yeah, and it's great. And that's it's a great, great scene. But I almost feel like that should have been the end then. Because... So the- watch them kiss... After the pool, and then just turn it off. Just that's I don't the think end. you need the Guess fast what? forward. It works out. Yeah. Um, th- also, something that's always bothered me is they built up best real best friend and pottery guy like he was gonna like finally realize that he couldn't go on living the way he was living, and he was gonna see how this like really special, spectacular girl right there. No, Mm-mm. it's kind of like one of those things where he's like, "Don't get attached to me, okay?" And she's like, oh, "I mean." <laughs> Thanks for the heads up. Because <laughs> she's clearly in love with him. And he like, we didn't even get into it, but he like really screws her up a couple of times. 
He's messy. She like goes to take him a Valentine and he's with two other women who brought him Valentines and he's like, just lit, just put it with the rest just of them or something the like that. It's like, oh, come <laughs> on. Especially because real best friend is Astana. Yeah. She's, she's so pretty. She's beautiful. And she clearly has a little more money than John D. And a lot more common she sense. Is the, she is the best <laughs> character in the show. Aside from the like quietly listening to that saxophone. <laughs> But again, I rewatched it. She, I, I don't think you could say she liked it based on her facial expressions. I think more than anything, she was like us where she was like, what is happening? So confused. All right, guys. That's it. That's Boys Over Flowers. That's Boys Over That's like the abridged version of Boys Over Flowers. And I feel like we still talked about it forever. I'm There's so, so much that happens in this It is an show. emotional roller coaster. It's, it's so much fun. Ending. It's dumb and terrible in the best way so it's like our our great friend baffled at myself in the great white north Mm -hmm. started an email to us about boys over flowers with the sentence he sucks and i'm in love yes that's exactly what it is if you seriously we should just write the synopsis for shows because that would just be the whole synopsis Mm -hmm. he is the worst person and he (laughs) is the best person (laughs) he just makes you melt he and owns you. Huge credit to Lee Min Ho. This, I'm sure we're not the only ones. This was their first Lee Min Ho experience and it made them a Lee Min Ho fan for the rest of their lives. Forever. Also, who would have thought, okay, you fall for him with that hair, you truly love him. But then, guys, if you haven't Googled him lately, he is aging very well. <laughs> he is a whole meal. He's so gorgeous. Like, he's, like, stupid good looking. He's, he is a national treasure. Somebody posted some pictures of him recently on Instagram, and I hadn't, like, actively searched for Lee Min Ho in a while. That changed. Because <laughs> he is so handsome. You know what? And maybe he's not, maybe he's, like, normal handsome. But because he's such a good actor and he plays such iconic great characters and creates these incredible characters that he just becomes this like perfect visual in my head i don't even know anymore i can't separate them anymore he is i'm i feel like initially i didn't watch boys over flowers because i'm shallow and i was like i'm not attracted to any of these guys and that's how i choose tv Um, but then when I watched well, it's a 25 hour show, you have you, to, know you have to go in with a little hook. Yeah. <laughs> we say though, our, I think our final recommendation would be, it is so much fun. It make, it really does just reel you in and you really mm-hmm. feel deep feelings during the show. And it's like angsty, but funny and goofy. And like the fact that it's over the top almost made it easier for me to digest some of this, this stuff. And it's of a time, I feel like, where the amnesia and all that stuff, like it kind of invented that stuff. Right. For me anyway. So my husband watched, a this was my second K-drama ever. What was your first? Oh, Pasta. Pasta. And so I, my husband happened to come in one night and I was watching the episode where he was trying to get out of his wedding and he put his wrist down and he told gangster guy, just break it. And my husband, my husband well, like came in from work and he like stopped and he goes, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> he, just that one scene mm-hmm. where it's like, that is such it's a so gangster intense. thing to yeah. do. And that's like, okay, he not only learned to swim for this woman, <laughs> 
he would have someone break his wrist so that he doesn't have to be without her. That's not healthy in real life, everyone. <laughs> Emphasis but on it's... like, don't do that. <laughs> Show your love in other ways. But in this but situation. Dang, <laughs> that is hot. We are fine with it. All right. So we have like three minutes left. We need to give some shout outs really quick to some of our listeners. Oh my gosh. We've gotten the best messages. We have messages. gotten the best emails lately. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry that we haven't had an opportunity to personally get back to all of you. We're going to do it tonight or at least discuss what we're going to send yes. back tonight. So we had a great listener contact us asking if we really wanted to know the meaning of Bebe. <laughs> yeah. Answer yes. Always. And she was so sweet because she was like... This is awkward because I don't really know you guys, but you mm-hmm. seem cool and like And it's like a, it's kind of explicit it's and pretty, I don't want to just send you explicit stuff if you don't want to know. And Megan I forget what you wrote back, but you were like, uh yes. We were please. like, yeah. <laughs> I think I said you should hear how we talk about fan fictions when we're not recording. We uh there's no such thing as awkward anymore. So we learned a supposed true meaning of the song Bebe by Big Bang. And it's, it's far deeper than I expected. Also, it's it's great. It's great in the way of a little unexpected. Yeah. Not that much unexpected. No, no, though. no. I feel like there were there were oh like like I mean, okay. Have you seen the video? Yeah. Clearly there are So we originally compared it to drugs. Or yes. like, well, we think this song is supposed to depict this drug and this Right. And this is more of a sexual connotation yes, to like it. Like stages of intercourse (laughs) yes but it was amazing so dear listener thank you yeah that was eye-opening it was i just want you to know we were both like of course that's day song (laughs) day song is by far my favorite i love day song uh we also had a listener from the philippines i'm sorry i'm blanking so we got so many great emails but um she was basically like or Brazil, where she was like, love your podcast. It's so fun. You guys are funny. And then she said, you do talk about BTS a lot. And, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, you're, yes, you're you right. are correct. <laughs> We're trying to deal with it. I don't know if we can. <laughs> she also gave us a link to an awesome K-pop chart. Like, uh, it's like music to get us exposed to more stuff so that we don't get lost in our little bubble. And I want you to know, I've been checking it out very regularly yeah and we have actually coming up a couple of podcasts dedicated to music so and and not bts won't be just bts so um thank you for that email you were so kind it was awesome hearing from you we loved hearing from you as well and then i feel like we got one more great email and i'm totally blanking on what it was we got one from a fellow midwesterner yes which was awesome and then also a lady who she and her daughter are both really into K-pop and K-dramas. Oh my gosh. We, we're seriously, we have so many, we have so much we want to say to you guys. We're going to respond to you as soon as we can like sit down and properly craft a response. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's been awesome talking with you guys. And I feel your pain, especially having, so we, I have young children. They just like the music. They don't watch the dramas yet. So I can't imagine having a child and wanting to talk about just the feelings that these actors and actresses give you deep inside yes not really it's not really like a comfortable mother-daughter conversation not totally depending on your daughter's age yeah so we feel you and i actually have a segment in our next podcast dedicated just for you Ooh, i can't wait so um stay tuned 
Thank you. I also just want everyone to know a guy I work with who's a lovely person just texted me while we were podcasting a screenshot of Spotify on Twitter tweeting about BTS Love Yourself Tears here and we're living. It's like, listen here. And he wrote, this popped up on my Twitter feed. I think the universe is telling me I need to listen to K-pop. And I said, do it now. (laughs) Because you are a good friend. I'm here to make people's lives better. Sorry, I had to share that. I'm very excited. I love that. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned. Megan's yes. going to go on her vacation now. I'm headed out. And then when she gets back. Quick trip. We have a couple of very funny, specifically themed podcasts I feel like that we can't wait to get we out We have a to fun you. summer ahead. So yeah. everybody get ready. We have a lot of great things coming. So and Megan. Yes, take us out, right? Yep. Uh, Twitter, please. Okay, again, we can't emphasize enough. We love hearing from you guys. So Twitter, we're at Nunia Business. Facebook at Nunia Business. You can email us, Becca at NuniaBusiness.com, Megan at NuniaBusiness.com. We will reply to you. It just I'm sorry sometimes it takes a long well, time. Well, it's my fault because I went on vacation. And, and I don't... I responded to like three and I was like, Becca, I'm exhausted. <laughs> it's too hard. <laughs> it's because Becca has a way with words and I'm just like a dope who doesn't have good punctuation. But anyway, <laughs> um, what else do we have? Others? Oh, leave a review on iTunes, on Podbean. You can check us out on YouTube. Becca posts everything up there. Again, everyone say thank you, Becca, for all her hard work because I just talk into a microphone and then go home. So that was beautiful harmony. I tell you what. We're amazing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. What else you got to say, Becca? I think that's it. So this is our 19th episode. (gasps) I think. So we have, like I said, a couple fun ones. 20 is going to be fun. Mm -hmm. For 21, Megan, how down would you be for us to drink during the episode? Oh, yes. Because we will be of legal drinking age at episode 21. Also, I just bought soju because they were selling soju at our local supermarket. And I was like, I'm going to purchase this. I have, not that you drink soju out of them, but I have a sake set so we can combine some cultures. We are going to get sloshed. Let's do it. It's going to be a great episode. And by sloshed, we're going to get like maybe pleasantly tipsy because that's me and Becca. Yeah, we don't really go farther than that but we do get a lot more giggly so we apologize i can't wait this is gonna be amazing (laughs) i'm in 100 so thank you so much i hope you all have a great week and once again as always thank you thank you thank you for joining us and we will talk to you soon